0: From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. When we talk to GPs about what bothers them the most about their practice and the government support that they receive for their career, it's definitely that they are undervalued for the work that they give into the Australian community, and particularly that they're severely undervalued by working under the Medicare system. And it's been more than five years since GPs have felt this way. And it's a topic that comes up every year. Today, we're joined by Felicity Nelson, a TMR reporter, who's been digging pretty deeply into the bulk billing figures that the federal government trots out every year, and what that really looks like in general practices across Australia, and whether it's a viable business model. Felicity, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. So, GPs are getting pretty fired up online, And in other stories that we write really about the way that they're
1: enumerated, what have you seen happening more recently? So what's interesting to me, and and obviously we've both been following this for some years and the same kind of debates and bubble up every now and again, and you get some very angry GPs coming out in the media and saying, we're being undervalued and we're not being paid enough. And so it is uh, a narrative that's been going on for a long time. But what I've noticed recently is something's kind of shifted, and I think it's got something to do with the fact that GPs have been under so much pressure with COVID over the last year and being asked to carry quite a big added burden when it comes to just readying their practices for all the COVID things that they need to be working on. And so what I've seen is there's a couple of practices that, have just kind of given up on bulk billing.
0: Yeah, so one of the biggest issues with as well being a practice that is giving out COVID vaccines at the moment is that you are forced to bulk bill all the patients that come through your door for a COVID vaccine. And this was met with quite some criticism from a lot of GPs who said that, you know, in a normal day, if they're doing mixed billing for those appointments that they're now giving to vaccine consults, the government is basically now dictating how they bill and what their value is for that time that they're giving to patients.
1: For sure. And one of the things I spotted was that GPs are quite angry that the government keeps focusing on this 86% bulk billing figure that they come out with every single year uh, because they say that it's, it's quite misleading um, focusing on that high bulk billing rate uh, when it's really just crushing GPs financially. There was a Facebook post by Health Minister Greg Hunt which got tons of comments from GPs. And I've, I've never seen GPs explode like this before. Maybe maybe you have Frankie because you're the political reporter, but some of the things they were saying was, you know, this is misleading, GP Medicare rebates are low, how dare you devalue us, your policies mandate bulk billing which forces countless practices to run at a loss at a time where public need is at, you know, at, at its highest. Um, you call that a win. And so they're really calling out the government for sort of celebrating this high bulk billing rate when it's causing misery in some general practices that just can't cope with the low amount of um, funding that they're getting. So
0: this time it feels different. It feels less like people are willing to just take the government at their word and they're actually trying to do something about it. Who have you spoken to? Who's trying to create some action in this space?
1: Yeah, so it does seem to me like some practices have dealt with the Medicare freeze that went on from, uh, you know, for many years, and then they've dealt with a couple of the the things that have come through COVID. You know, the added burden of telehealth, all of the PPE that they have to buy, um, a lot of policy changes and reception staff needing to be put on to support the telehealth rollout. And now, you know, the vaccine push that's been so confusing. And what I started to see was some of these clinics that have been bulk billing for years and years are just saying we can't do it anymore. And so they've switched to mixed billing. And so I spoke to three practices that have done this recently. I also spotted another six that have reported that they've, they've switched from bulk billing to mixed billing um, and that was through a, a chat room online. I saw another three that were discussing it and when I spoke to practice managers they said that there were lots of clinics around the area that were also thinking about it. So it's hard for me to tell whether that's new because it could be something that happens all the time. It could be that clinics often go from bulk billing to mixed billing and when I tried to look into the actual broad numbers no one's collecting that data. Um, So the RSCGP and the Department of Health couldn't help me. They couldn't tell me how many clinics are 100% bulk billing and how many have switched to mixed billing and how that's changed over time. So it it occurs to me that this could be something that COVID, the pressures of COVID have tipped some GP practices over the edge and they just can't do bulk billing for everyone anymore. And I just wonder if this pandemic keeps going on, is this going to be a trend that we start seeing more and more of?
0: So as we know, most clinics will still bulk bill patients who really need it. But advertising your clinic as one that mix bills or there being a gap on appointments for patients can discourage some vulnerable people from going to the GP as often, uh, mainly, especially if they don't want to, you know, disclose their socioeconomic status or, you know, that can be something that is quite embarrassing to people. So who did you chat to who perhaps works in a lower socioeconomic status area, um, who is, you know, has either switched to mixed billing from bulk billing and some of the issues that have arisen from that?
1: Uh, So I spoke to Carrie Norvell, um, who's the practice manager at a GP clinic in uh, Arawin in Queensland. So this is in the Harvey Bay area, which is a lower socioeconomic suburb. And their practice had been bulk billing for 10 years. Uh, so, So they're a big part of the community. And every patient that walked through the door had been bulk billed for a decade. And they've switched to mixed billing on the 1st of July because they just can't afford to Um, keep bulk billing everyone all the time. Uh, And they did get a bit of a backlash. So some patients were really frustrated. Carrie was saying that there were patients threatening to call the practice out on social media. It did cause quite a bit of angst in the community. And one of the reasons they switched was because from the 1st of July telehealth consultations from non-vocationally registered GPs, so those are the international GPs, uh, was cut. So the bulk billing rate went from $31 to $21. Um, so that's a 30% pay cut. And it was just becoming unsustainable for the practice to keep bulk billing everybody when, you know, that money had just gone missing. And here's Kerry on that point. It's like, that, that's
2: not viable. They're trying to almost bankrupt us on purpose. And that really, that's not just an insult to their skill set to sort of say, you know, we are not valuing you. It's about the survival component, both for them to bring in a viable income as well as the practice. So, you know, when you're stuck with getting a 30% pay cut, I mean, who, who accepts 30% pay cut? Like, mm-hmm. what other profession would be from the 30th of June to the 1st of July just go, okay, I'm, I'm happy to take a 30% pay cut?
0: And there was another practice in Melbourne that spoke to you about the costs of COVID specifically as factoring in that decision to go from bulk billing to mixed billing.
1: Yeah, so Laura Robinson is a practice manager at a GP clinic in Werribee in southwest Melbourne. And she said her clinic made the switch from bulk billing to mixed billing in March this year. And that was two months before their third birthday is what she said. So they're now charging a $20 gap fee, except for older people and kids. And here's Laura on that point. If we to st- if we wanted to stable billing, would either that, A, actually we're
3: short on our consult times, or B, I'm not sure, it just wouldn't have been, and we didn't want to do that. Mm. And, you know, if you look at, as well, we'll have some Medicare rebates, they do not cover the full cost of providing you with, you know, special specialised medical care. And not only that, as well, just the costs in medical supplies. For instance, we were buying gloves. So last year, you could buy, like, a box of gloves for $8.50. They're mm. now $28.52. And mm-hmm. so it was like bed sheets. You could buy hundred bed sheets for forty eight dollars, they're now one hundred and fifteen dollars for the same bed sheets. Mm-hmm. So it's just everything's gone up. You've obviously you know, super annuation's gone up to another point five percent to ten percent effective the first of July, then Annually, we also have wages because um, we follow the awards. We've got the Nurse Award and we've also got the um, Health Support Service Award. They tend to go up between 2.5% and 3.5% yearly. Um, and obviously, as rent goes up 3% every year, you know, all year increases. And Medicare this year went up 0.9% for rebates. Hmm. And we just like we knew that as well because it was a freeze again last year. So we just you just you ju- you're just losing every patient you are seeing, if you do a procedure, if you spend too long with them, you just you just running it. The clinics just running it a loss.
1: Yeah.
3: Unless you had mass volume doing really really quick short consults, but for me, I don't think that's the real patient care. To be honest, we don't, We that's not you know what we're about and what we do.
1: So the thing that made my ears perk up here is that GP clinics are changing their business models and you know, once you go mixed billing, it's unlikely you're going to go back to bulk billing. In my mind, it just seems like quite a big shift in a practice. Um, And the second thing is that GPs are really starting to speak up. Uh, They're really starting to reach out to the media. Some of the quotes I got, as you can see, they really want to get attention on this issue. And I haven't really seen that happening at the grassroots before, so that was quite new for me as a reporter. One of the doctors I spoke to, my GP, in the Gold Coast, Dr. Lisa White, who was one of those GPs who commented on Greg Hunt's Facebook post, was saying that she's she's never felt the need to speak up before, but now she has to. I've never actually got vocal about it. Yeah. I've whinged and I said
2: to my my poor long-suffering fiancé have been hearing me about <laughs> talk about this over the went, that's it, I'm done, I need to say something. I don't care if I get criticised, I'm beyond that point now. I've gone, people will criticise us, you're a rich doctor blah 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 you don't you don't deserve it you know i'm just going to brush that off like water off a duck's back and go well, you don't actually know the real story you probably do know the real story yourself if you've been working in this field um that we're being eroded yeah and our income is being eroded and patient's health is going to suffer the big thing for me is it's all right to say i'll charge a fee but when i've got a diabetic patient sitting with me who has got multiple problems at home which is causing him not to take his medications and not adhere to his diet and not make his appointment. I don't I'm not going to charge that guy. I'm going to end up billing that patient because they go, this patient can't pay me and I'm going to spend thirty minutes trying to sort it out and I'm going to accept the government's um rebate in the end because I'm altruistic and that's what really makes me angry. The government knows this. They know that we're altruistic and they're using it to screw us over. And it makes me so angry. And it's the anger that's really getting to me now going, I didn't work
0: this hard to get to this point and be treated like this. So in the years that I've been reporting on this issue, one thing that consistently comes through is that GPs on the front line, you know, they're saying that we can't afford to run our practices this way, we need a better way to be remunerated. And often the response from peak medical Organisations such as the AMA or the RACGP, ACRAM, it is usually aimed at upping the Medicare rebates that patients receive for the consults. Another view that's come through in the last 12 months is through the establishment of the Australian Society of General Practice. So they're, you know, kind of the new kids on the block. And their founder, Dr. Chris O, and his GP, based in Victoria. He runs a couple of practices, some in low socioeconomic areas. And he says that one of the biggest problems is that the way that the point of payment works for the patient when they come through the door, when you decide to do mixed billing, is that the patient has to pay for the whole amount as all of our listeners would know. So if someone comes in for a consult and you, you know, mix bill them, they will be charged on their card the full $80 and then they will get the refund of, say, $35 from the government. And Chris Owen, the founder of AsGP, has always said that this is a massive issue because it actually limits GP's ability in a low socioeconomic area to introduce uh, mixed billing. And that is because you know that you may be seeing patients, they don't have $80 just lying around in a bank account on any one day. And that automatically means that you bulk bill them. And he was saying that if the government actually spends some time and just changes the way that that rebate is made available to the patient, what can happen is there's no reason why you can't just charge a $10 gap fee and that is just $10 onto the patient's card and he was saying, you know, most people would have five or $10 in their bank account, but they may not have 100 or 150. And in his case, he was saying that, you know, they end up bulk billing quite expensive procedures. Um, and that's because, you know, people can't be expected to have the required amount of money in their account. It's a, it's a very, um, you know, privileged position to think that that's what all patients in Australia have.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. And I can see some of the communities that I was reaching out to, you know, something like $20 is a significant outlay. Um, And, you know, one of the quotes that comes to mind is I, I spoke to Angie Walker, who's a practice manager in Ipswich in Southeast Queensland, who is actually part of the Australian Society of General Practice that you mentioned. And she was saying that you know in their community there's always been a bulk billing service available in the in the area and it's part of the values they grew up with to offer bulk billing and, and the reason that is is because it's might just be $20 but it's it's not just $20 and some sometimes patients have other things going on in their life and that is just just a bit too much for them to 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 outlay on any particular day
2: it it kind of feeds into the way we were both raised as kids, like that sort of universal access to to primary care services, where, where there are no there are no barriers, no limitations. You don't need to worry about can I take my four kids to the doctor, as well as pay for the scripts, as well as you know take a day off work and those sorts of things.
0: I'm kind of interested in what the people that you spoke to. What did they see as the most obvious solution?
1: Yeah, I think it was really about respect. What what they seem to want is not heaps of money. They just wanted it as, you know, to quote the West Wing, they wanted it to be a little easier because they see the work that they do as being really fundamental and really important. And they've been going into their back pocket to try and fund the care that they, they know is necessary. And they just honestly can't do it anymore or they'll have to shut their doors and that's what they were saying is they're looking at the, their books and realistically they're either closing down or they're starting to push that cost onto people who really can't afford it and it's breaking their hearts that's what i was hearing
0: felicity thank you thanks frankie Before we go, don't forget that you can follow or subscribe to The Tea Room right now by searching for the show on the podcast player of your choice. You'll then be notified when a new episode becomes available. Catch you next time.